0: all right thank you you may be seated and thank you so much for um, the opportunity to preach this is one of my favorite places in the world to come to and uh, I love this place once you take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians the book of Ephesians chapter number four and um, I was just thinking about um, the uh, leadership conference just a few weeks ago and so it's kind of a quick turnaround for me to come back to this Uh, but I was excited it was on my schedule and uh, try to come out every year. COVID kind of knocked all of that in the teeth, but um, we're getting our feet back under us and we're excited about what God is doing here and we're excited about what God is doing at the Franklin Road Baptist Church. I will tell you, I'd ask pastor if I could do this, but also I just ask again, Dr. R, but I wanna, if if you are especially an education major and you're looking for a place to serve, Our school has just been an extraordinary growth pattern for the past five years. But last year, for whatever reason, it just exploded with growth. We found ourselves looking for nine teachers right at the last minute, which by the way, God provided uh, for that. But we're already looking for teachers for next year. Uh, We shot uh, up over 670 students this year. That's an amazing thing. And uh, I I could tell you why that's happening. Uh, because of just where we live and the climate and all of that. Uh, we had 720 on the roll and on a waiting list. And then, of course, we get close to the school, we have to knock those folks off. So we know what's coming. And many of our uh, teachers uh, are from West Coast Baptist College. And uh, Mr. Kramer, our administrator, will tell you, and I want you both to hear this our, some of our best teachers are from West Coast Baptist College. And so I'm thankful and grateful for the education you're getting here. There's just a thousand things I wanna say and I just, I'm just grateful uh, to be able to uh, be in front of you. I do wanna say this, you are in a, you're in a very good place right here. Many of you are, are hundreds and some thousands of miles away from home and you miss home and all of that. But um, while you're here, just soak in all you can soak in. And I may touch on that here in the message today uh, let's stand together. Please read God's Word. Ephesians chapter 4. I, uh, I don't really have anything much funny to say. I will tell you that I learned one of our second grade teachers gave a little quick fun assignment the other day. And she uh, had written uh, down, who is your hero? And um, one little boy had written down, dad. Had written it in second grade writing, dad, D-A-D. And then he wrote in there, he said, why... Uh, is this, she wrote in, why do you consider this person to be your hero? He he wrote this in with second grade handwriting. He is brave. And then uh, the question was asked, is there anything that your hero is frightened of? And he wrote down, mom. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, that's uh, true quite often. Father bless as we look at your word, I pray you'll challenge us and open our hearts These are different days that we live in and I want to be an encouragement, but Lord, also I want to edify these dear students today. And I pray you'll bless them and encourage them in the word of God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at verse number 17, chapter 4, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being, what's this phrase, past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness, But ye have not so learned Christ. Would you repeat verse 20 with me together, Eddie? But ye have not so learned Christ. Let's say that again. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. I want to speak on this subject for just a while. You didn't learn that from Jesus. I'm shocked. Some of the things that Christians are participating in, they know better. And I want to talk about that for just a while. You didn't learn that from Jesus. Father, bless your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. I guess the message today is just a little pointed. And uh, I think for a good cause. Our theme this year at Franklin Road Baptist Church is the theme unmovable. My son came to me the other day, a graduate West Coast. He said, Dad, the way people's acting, we probably should have made our theme movable because everything just seems to be changing. Everything's in flux and people are moving. So we have a good theme, 1 Corinthians 15 58. Be unmovable, therefore, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so as we. Uh, entered into this uh, year post-covid we thought it seemed like everything's still with us and everything's still changing and uh, i thought about just what i have witnessed in just my own life and ministry the past 18 months so i'm kind of speaking to you from the experience of a pastor who pastors and leads people the change that we're seeing occurring even in god's people now we understand we're living in the last days as christians our world is, our, our home is not in this world. We are citizens of heaven. How many of you believe that? Say amen, hold your hand. Up. We're headed for heaven. This world's not our home. We're just a passing through. However, this world is headed toward chaos. We're on the ship right now. It's headed ultimately for destruction. And the scriptures teach that the closer we get to the rapture, uh, the more wicked the world will become. Days like unto the days of Noah, days like unto the days of Lot, and all the smut and all the loose living that were involved in those days, we would be witnessing those things, and that's exactly what we're witnessing. I'm not going to go into detail about it. I know to a certain extent you're kind of isolated from some of the news out there, and to be honest with you, you cannot go to network news and really find out what's going on anyway. You've got to kind of have another avenue which you get your news from. If you're not careful there, you'll get into some crazy stuff there. And so it's just very, very hard. Truth has has honestly fallen in the street, and it's very hard to find out what is really going on. But one thing that I do know is going on, and one thing that I am experiencing in our ministry is that Christians are moving. That they're involving themselves in things that Christians I don't remember ever doing. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. I'm 63 years old. And I'm trying to take a look at my life and God being uh, my witness today uh, from the time that I got saved and the time that God called me to preach. I don't know that I've moved from any doctrine or any philosophy. I feel like I'm I'm the same person I was when I finished my training and and I was just sitting in the prayer room with these two men. I've known these men for years, and they're the, they're the same that they were. They dress the same. They walk the same. They act the same. They, they believe the same. I, I think, uh, you know, my generation, and, 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 and there's a, something that has disconnected somewhere, and it's probably the devil, but something happened there because, you know, my generation doesn't make fun of the older preachers. There were older preachers that made mistakes and of course they were isolated and kind of set over here in a corner, but I'm thinking about men of God who lived the same way. Dr. Lee Robertson, Dr. Tom Malone, and, and the list goes on. There were men that just, they lived right, and they died right. And I know that we all get see men fail and, and all of that, but I was always taught you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because we can learn by men, from men of God. But there's something that's happened just in the last few years. I don't know if it's because of the availability of social media or digital media and how information comes at us fast because we didn't have any of that when we were cutting our teeth in ministry back in those days. But I can tell you this, that if a person failed, or if they messed up back in those days, it was noticeable. We would try to correct it. And if it wasn't corrected, it was set over here, into a corner and folks knew this person wasn't right today it's different today it appears as though we're living in this generation the Bible talks about the days of Noah, the days of Lot perilous times, Uh, men would depart from the faith, they would give heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils and it seems like that more and more people that call themselves Christians are participating in those things I don't know if they're trying to downgrade the sin. I don't know if they're trying to uh, impress somebody that it doesn't stick to them, that they can dabble in the world and come out of it and nothing bothers them. But I can tell you this, people are changing. Can we just kind of cut to the chase just a moment and just be just brutally honest? I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but just about every student in this auditorium today, you know somebody who has fallen. They're a born-again Christian. They may have been a servant of God. That's always a sad thing, a disappointing thing. It is is something that we should be praying about, that we help restore them and get them back. But most of you know somebody who's ran headlong into the world and just walked away from everything they believed. I know them. You know them. But sadly, it's picking up steam. I have in the front of my Bible a letter that I want to read. I have an unusual Bible. I, I, uh, this one's been rebound twice, I have a picture of me and my wife there, and I've got poem, poems and just about everywhere there's a piece of white paper I've got little anecdotes and, and scripture verses and I have a few jokes in here that aren't funny anymore that I don't read and all of that, but right in the very front of my Bible I have a letter from my son and it's on a letterhead, a little memo letterhead from West Coast Baptist College. He writes this, Dad, I just wanted to write you a quick note to thank you for being my pastor. When Pastor Chapel gave us this card and envelope, I knew exactly what I would say. I've made more life-changing decisions under your influence and in ministry than anywhere else in my life. All the camps combined did not influence me as much. You're my favorite preacher, because I see that your walk matches your talk. I miss being at home, but I I can honestly say that I miss church and your preaching almost as much. Thank you for your unwavering stand and unconditional love to to everybody. I pray that I can be a father and a pastor, half as good as you. You say, what was he wanting, a new car? (laughs) Yeah, he got it, but anyway. I love you, Joel, and, and uh, I, I, I saw that in my room last night. My Bible fell open to that. I knew what I was going to preach, but I want to be very personal for just a moment. My son graduated high school in 2009. He came to West Coast Baptist College. He graduated, I believe, 2012. My son has watched students, not a lot, just a few that he went to college with and he watched them change. Some of them fail and they mess their lives up, but he watched them change. Dr. Getch, I watched my son sit in my offices. He grappled with this. He didn't understand it. And he said this, he said, dad, we weren't taught any of this at college. Dad, we were taught the right doctrine in college. And I don't get it. I said, son, just pray. Just pray for him and help him. And these were guys that they'd get on the phone and he would talk back and forth and they'd do that stuff you do on the the phones and all of that. And and, uh, he never struggled with the change. He just didn't himself. He just didn't understand. How can people do that? How can people spend four years in a desert and leave home and come and get what they get and then turn around and do something completely different? If I could be brutally blunt with you today, we don't need some of you in the ministry. We need all of you in the ministry. We don't want anyone to walk away from the miracle work that God has done in your life. And I think about what I'm seeing people do in my own church and some things that we've had to deal with the past 18 months. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, an unkind person, but I look at them and I say, you did not learn that from Jesus. I remember as a boy growing up, my mom and dad instilled character in us and many times we would do something that wasn't what a Norse should do. And, and my mom would look at me and said, you didn't learn that from your daddy. You didn't learn that from us. And can I say that we're supposed to learn some some sense in, in the home and some character in the home, but I, I thought about that when it comes to being a Christian, especially a servant of God. There are, there are people that call themselves Christians that are doing some things that they know better. They know better. Right now, you may understand this, that one of the big trends in churches today is uh, to drink alcohol the bible is replete with information about alcohol and some of they say well yeah you know, that means you're not supposed to get drunk yeah right like that's what we believed all the years we've been in the ministry we were taught that uh, wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and you're just not a wise person when you look on the fermented cup and it moves itself aright we we're taught all that but now it's the trend and and people are walking and i could go on and on and on even with relationships i mean like a crazy person i don't know why i did this we started teaching a series on first corinthians in our church on wednesday night i'm teaching through it verse by verse <laughs> i am in chapter seven right now i was reading on the airplane last night some of the things that i'm gonna cover in first corinthians chapter seven i'm like why did i do this why couldn't i just went by topics it is good that a man not t- t- touch, not touch a woman and and it goes on down and talks about some things husband wives i'm just glad that the kids and teenagers aren't in there as i cover this and i'm going to try to be as light as i can but i got to thinking flying over here I, I knew i was going to preach i thought why did god put that in the bible because he knew there'd be a generation of christians like the Corinthian church would walk away from everything they knew about God. They just take the general religion and they would use that in their life. I understand, young people, just the general knowledge you're getting here is not going to be what the people out there you serve need. They need all the oracles of God. Long introduction, I just want to just stop and say, I get to a few points and then I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how Christians are living today. I'm shocked i shouldn't be because the closer we get to the lord's return people change but my point today is i don't want you to change i want you to stick with it number one if you write this down please notice first of all the hearing of christ at salvation let me just go ahead and give you my outline so you kind of know where i'm heading let me just give it all to you, you might leave you a little white space there. number one i want to speak about the hearing of christ at salvation verse 21 Number two, the learning of Christ for sanctification in verse 20. And number three, the living for Christ in separation in verse 22. We're going to go back and cover some of these verses. If you'll let me just kind of take this scripture and blow it up for just a while. First of all, the hearing of Christ is salvation. Look at verse 21. If so be. Now let's put it in verse 20. But you've not so learned Christ. And he just went through a litany of sins, of things that the Gentiles were doing, the unsaved were doing. I want you to notice a phrase before I get this. Look at verse 17. This I say therefore. He's covering this section chapter 4 where we're supposed to walk worthy of our vocation and all of that. We're not tossed about with every wind of doctrine, sight of men, and all that. We get to verse 17. It says, this I say therefore because of all that previous text, and testify in the Lord that ye, I have that circled, that ye, he's talking to the Ephesian Christians, he's talking to you and I, he says that ye henceforth, in other words, from this point on, from the time that you get this letter, I'm warning you, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. He's speaking of the other nations, the other people that they're around. And so, as we get to verse number 20, but ye have not so learned Christ, he goes through all these sins. You didn't learn that from Jesus. Verse 21, if so be, if, that is, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So we come to this first idea that I would like to clear out pretty quick. And I understand I'm in a Bible college setting and I understand that everybody's supposed to be born again. But I want you to know that. And how many of you believe that the Bible teaches that you can know that you're born again? First John chapter 5. But, you know, even in Bible college settings, sometimes folks will struggle with whether or not they're saved or not. So let me kind of clear this out. The hearing of Christ at salvation, I want to ask you right now, have you heard him? Have you heard his voice? Now, I understand that we're not charismatic and we don't hear voices come out of the sky and all of that. But here's what the Bible says. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God it could be that you were under such conviction that the day that you got saved that you felt like that god was speaking in your heart and he was impressed with you through the spirit of god that you need to be saved in conviction i get all that but i mean literally the bible says we're saved all saved the same way in this sense that we learn that we're sinners by the word of god we learn who jesus is by the word of god we understand that he is the son of god and we understand his death his burial his resurrection resurrection all of us are saved the same way faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and you are saved today because you heard the gospel truth did you hear that did you hear it can I say it like this This is my opinion once once you hear the voice of God through the word of God through the spirit of God that still small voice if you're born again it's always there Hear what Jesus says in John 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I I believe with all my heart that that whenever I got saved, the Spirit of God came inside me to indwell me and He sealed me to the day of redemption. He's always there and He uses the Word of God to uh, to let me know what God wants. And can I say that that could be so real in your life that cooperation with the, with the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, and with God and with God himself and the Word of God, that can be so real in your life that it almost appears like God is speaking to you and God is leading you. When I was called to preach, nobody ever talked about that. I, never, I, never, I didn't know if it was written in the sky. I was raised in West Virginia. I didn't know anything about being called to preach. But I can tell you one thing, I learned on my own as I got in the Word of God, that's all I knew, just get in the Word of God, get in the Word of God, and all of a sudden, 1 Timothy chapter number three, it popped out of me. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire the good work. If a man desire. I went back and I studied all that, and I tried to break all that down, and what pretty much it means is this, that whenever you get the place where you hunger and thirst after what God wants you to do in life. It's a, it was a game changer for me. And can I say that I heard God deal with my soul, my heart, and God called me. I never heard an audible voice, but I'm just saying, this voice, this voice, this hearing of Jesus Christ is in us. It will guide us. It's not a strange thing. It is the Spirit of God. And the word of God, you should be able to take the word of God and read it and God should speak back to you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This isn't speaking in an unknown tongue. This isn't hearing voices from God. It's nothing like that. He lives inside of us. You understand that. And this hearing of God's voice at salvation, Christ's voice at salvation. We settle that out now. We get that all pinned down. We know we're saved. We're going to heaven now. He's talking to the saved people at ephesus and he's saying don't act like the gentiles or the unsaved people around you number two jot this one down we see now the learning of christ the learning of christ for sanctification look at verse 20 it says uh, but ye have not so learned christ what is that all about you and i should be studying the christ's life the life of god we should have the Word of God hidden in our hearts. We wouldn't sin against Him. We should be able to take the Bible and that system of beliefs that's found in the Word of God and build our life around all those things. And so he's building a case right here. Jesus, he says, is, uh, uh, you've, <coughs> you've heard of Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. So what you have is this. You've got Jesus being the Word. In the beginning was the Word, John 1. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He goes all the way down through. He gets to verse 14. And says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten Son of God. Understand this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that if you're going to be able to rise above the sin and perversion and wickedness of this world, you've got to get the Word of God poured in you. You've got to watch the life of Christ as you study about him and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and his other writers talk about Jesus Christ. You learn of Christ. You learn the Christ life. And we're supposed to watch this now. Live like Christ. They called them Christians first at Antioch because they were miniature or imitator Christians. Uh, Christians are imitating Im, imitated of Christ. When's the last time that you really understood that your life is supposed to match the life of Christ? Well, this is the easy part of the message. This word becomes part of us. I can say of all the years that I have read the Bible, say that I got old Brown Schofield back when I was a kid growing up, if you were a fundamentalist, you had to have a Schofield Bible. And I had a Brown Schofield Bible. And I took that one to Bible college and I wore it out. It's it's been rebound twice. This Bible I have right here has been rebound twice. I was trying to write a note in it this morning and my ink pen would not write because the oil on the pages is from my fingers of all these years now. These pages are starting to turn brown some because of the salt and oil on my fingers. I'm not saying that for any praise to me. I'm saying this to you. That Bible needs to become a part of you that bible over the years as you as as it's poured into you will come out of you as you uh, get in certain situations in life it has come to you and i'm thankful and grateful that i stayed stayed faithful to that how do men like dr getch and dr r and pastor chapel and others other men right here how do they stay with it i'm going to tell you they are not humanly able to do that they reach down inside themselves with the power of the Spirit of God and with the Word of God poured in them, and they live that Bible. You need to get to the place where you live, live that Bible. You're saying, you're saying, well, I'll never get there. And you won't ever get there if you stop and jump off board. I'm just saying this. In the four years that you're here and the Word of God has poured in you and all those notes, I got notebooks like that in a closet. Uh, back at the house where, where uh, this stuff was poured in me and, in college and all the stuff that was poured in me and all those things that are poured in you, don't chuck it when you go out the door. Take it and make it part of your life and don't walk away from it. Write this last thing down. And here's where I want to spend some time. I'm watching the clock back there. but Number three, we see the living for Christ in separation. I want to just kind of go through these things right here and talk to you a little bit about what I see that's going on. Look at verse number 17. This I say, therefore. We're living in this area, therefore, speaking of the wind of doctrine, everything's just tossed about, and boy, I'm watching guys just, just show their foolishness sometimes on, on the Internet or the social media. Can I just encourage you not to get caught up in all of that? You never win, and you let everybody else see your fuss, and this doesn't do any good. He said, uh, during a time where the slight of men and all of the wickedness and the cunning craftiness that's out there, deception, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, First of all, in the vanity of their mind, or selfishness, or the self-life. The biggest pull on your life is not necessarily your friends, it's yourself. And the pride that's in all of us. He says, don't walk in the self-life. Walk in the God-life, he says in just a moment. He says, uh, in the vanity of their mind, the emptiness and so forth. Uh, Secondly, look at verse 18. Having the understanding darkened. In other words the world is uninformed about christ the world is uninformed about the second coming and all the things in the christ's life but you and i should not be like that we should not be uninformed right now you're in church because you have to be in church you're going to bible college but you should want to be here but think about all those people that are out there that uh, say they're saved they never go to church And they're completely blinded and uninformed. What the apostle is saying is this: That's what the Gentiles do. That's not what God's people do. You didn't learn that from Christ. And so, if you ever get away from the Lord and 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 walk away from church, understand that that's you didn't get that from Jesus. You didn't get living for self from Jesus. Look at verse number 18. The next part he says, "And being alienated." From the God life from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them he's speaking of the Gentiles and the blindness of their heart that's the Gentiles but God's people he said I don't want you to end up like that that ye henceforth and he says in verse 20 ye have not so learned Christ evidently some of them were moving this direction he said I don't want you to be estranged from the God life I don't want you to be alienated I don't want you to feel like you're an outsider From time to time, we have people that will come back to church that got out of church for a long time. And they come slipping back in where they used to just be a part of everything and they feel like a stranger when they walk back in. And may, may I say, don't ever let your life get that way. We see the selfish life, the uninformed, blinded life, the estranged life from the life of God, that life that is kindled by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. I see number four, uh, it talks about the numbness to the things of God. This is the one that scares me. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Being past feeling is talking about a a calloused spiritual condition. The world world just doesn't get this. I uh, saw a little advertisement about what's going to be... uh, performed in the halftime show in the NFL. I'm not going to discuss it because it's very satanic and very perverted. But people are praising this this satanic ritual, and so forth, thing that's going to happen at halftime at the Super Bowl. It's just almost like the NFL decides they, they just want to see how pagan they can be. And uh, I was thinking about the world. They, they, that, they're just doing what they are supposed to do, what they know to do. But God says, you shouldn't be like that. You should not ever get to the place where you're calloused in your heart, where you're past feeling. You say, preacher, do you, do you think that people really get that way? I know they get that way. And so does God. And so God had, God had Paul put this in the Bible for us today in 2021 that we wouldn't see all the stuff that's going on in the world and walk away from that, become alienated and estranged from the life of God and then get to the place where we just lose feeling about it, lose lose touch with it. And then he uses this phrase, lasciviousness, that they, they kind of head number five into the world, back out into the world. What do they do there? The word lasciviousness means unbridled lust to work all cleanness and greediness. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I will tell you that, especially on Friday night and Saturday night, they have what's called Broad Street, and they have a place called Printer's Alley, only the Lord knows what goes on up there, and can I say that some of the most wicked stuff goes on, unbridled lust, speaking of a A horse with no reins or no bit in its mouth there's no way that you can pull it it's almost like every Friday and Saturday night they literally let the wild horses loose in Nashville Tennessee and I know there are other places in the world that that happens but I live in the south and there are people that will call themselves Christians that will go over there and involve themselves in that and then dress up and come to Sunday school on Sunday morning and God is saying you did not learn that from Jesus you did not learn some of the wicked world it's the word uncleanness if you look it up you'll find it's talking about just about every wicked perverted thing that a person could ever do just dirty stuff that's involved with greediness and covetousness and this is the way that the world is living right now and and paul is saying don't you go out in the world do that you did not learn that from jesus and that's why we stay in the Bible and that's why we study the Christ life and we try to live like the Lord Jesus Christ, like we're supposed to, because that's what Christians are supposed to do. And so the learning of Christ for sanctification and the living for him in separation, you have not so learned Christ. There's a lot I could say, but I'm, because I'm on this subject right now, and especially Wednesday nights, I had a lady catch me at the door on Sunday, and she said to me, "She said, preacher. She said, I never really thought people could get away from the Lord like they do, but said there was a man, and I'm going to try to watch how I say this. That we all knew, and she knew, and I knew that was a preacher. Said so we watched you as you separated from him." You're very kind and quiet about all that but the whole church watched you do that she said you may not know this but the whole church kind of they google him up every now and then they see what he's into she said that man walked in the store that i was in the other day and i looked at him and i thought this cannot be the same person but it was she said, I started to walk up to him and rebuke him, and I thought, well, first of all, I'm a woman. That's not my place. And secondly, it probably would have caused more trouble than it was worth. But she got big tears in her eyes, and she said, that man was so used of God. And he walked away from all of it. And now the work he's involved in now is actually working against the cause of Christ. I want to challenge you today. I came all, got in a plane, came all the way out here, and I'm happy to do it because I love to come out here. But I came here to tell you this. Check your life out right now. See what you're involved in. And ask yourself, did I learn that from Jesus? Did Jesus teach me that?